0: There in the book of Acts chapter number 1 And we've been looking at what they did That caused them to be so powerful What they did that turned the world upside down The Bible says We're talking about a bunch of ignorant, unlearned men Who didn't have no popularity uh, Did did not have any power Did not have any money I mean, they they had everything uh, opposite of what we think it takes To build a church and build a work and a ministry But they had one thing going for them It's the Holy Ghost. And they had some things that we need today. And and two weeks ago, we talked about the purpose that they pursued. We all need to know where we're headed. Are you with me? We need to have a purpose. We need to have a direction. We need to have a target. If you aim at nothing, that's exactly what you're going to hit. And they said, we got to go after sinners. We need to walk with the saints, and we need to worship the Savior. Listen, they had a purpose. They had a goal. They had something they were shooting for. Then last week, we talked about His power. His power. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Thank God for Holy Ghost power. Thank God that you don't have to stand up here by yourself. Thank God you don't have to witness on your own. Thank God you don't have to teach in your own ability in your own power. There will be a power. There will be an unction from the Holy Ghost that will give you what you need to do what God has called you to do. Thank God for his power. Then number three, today we're going to talk about the promise. Hallelujah. I've been waiting three weeks to get to this one. Amen. There's something about talking about Jesus coming back that just cranks my tractor. Amen. Thank God for the promise that they had to do what they were doing. Let's look in Acts chapter number one in verse number seven. Are you there? Say amen. Amen. It says, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. There's so many people hung up on prophecy they can't get in the present. Now, there's nothing wrong with teaching or preaching about prophecy as long as you're doing your job in the present. Everybody's trying to figure out when he's coming and not doing what he told them to do right now. He said, you don't need to worry about all that, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus. Hallelujah. That's exciting. This same Jesus, not another. He's not going to send a servant. He's not going to send an angel. He's not going to send an ambassador. This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And all God's people said, Dear Heavenly Father, anoint your word today. Lord, we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank God he's coming again. In, the, in, the, in the, the beginning of the Word of God, the Bible, you need to understand something. The Bible is written so we'll know who Jesus is. The whole theme of the Bible is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the truth of the Bible. He is the theme of the Bible. He is the treasure of the Bible. The Old Testament and New Testament tell us all about him. How many of y'all have ever seen one of them little viewfinders? Y'all know, y'all get that, put that little disc in there, and you look through two eyepieces, but you only see one picture. Well, if you look through one eyeball in the Old Testament, you look in the other eyeball in the New Testament, you don't see but one picture. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. In the very beginning, I'm talking about right there in the book of Genesis, you find that there was a promise given by God to Eve and said that the seed of the woman talking about the Lord Jesus Christ is going to bust the devil right between the eyes. Say amen and at that moment on the whole Old Testament kept saying he's coming he's coming he's coming when Abraham and Isaac went up on the side of that mountain to to sacrifice his only son he said take your son your only son that word only is only found twice right there and over there in the New Testament where God says his only begotten son he is telling the world that he's coming he's coming he's coming Abraham said to Isaac, Isaac said I see the fire and I see the wood but where is the sacrifice and Abraham said God will provide himself a lamb you know what Abraham was saying he's coming, he's coming he's coming, every time the prophets stood up to preach they said he's on the way, he's on the way there will be a virgin born, there will be a man named Emmanuel, hey, listen he's coming, he's coming, he's coming all the way through the old Testament till you get to the book Listen, of the Gospels, and you'll find on the hillside one day there were shepherds in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and they said, Fear not, for behold, I give you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He said, He's here, He's here, He's here. And boy, he lived three and a half years on this earth. He was crucified and buried and raised again. And listen, he went up to be with the Father. We just read about it in Acts chapter number 1. And then the very Hallelujah. The very first message that you ever hear preached, the very first thing that's ever said after he has sent it up back to glory, it's not he's coming. It's not he's here. He said he is coming again. He's coming again. Why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus that left, he's coming back in the same way. And from that point all the way to the last chapter of the book of Revelation, every verse, every word said he's coming again. He's coming again for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with him in the clouds he's coming again For oh hallelujah John 14 let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if we're not so I'd have told you I go to prepare a place for you if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself Three times in the last chapter of the Bible, behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. Ladies and gentlemen, children of the Most High God, I'm here to tell you, He's coming again. Give the Lord praise and glory. If you're glad, He's coming again. They say, why stand you gazing into heaven? What do y'all do standing around? Didn't you just hear what the man said? He said, You're going to receive power. Go back to Jerusalem and wait to be endured with power. There is a great commission, there is a great job to be done, there is a world to be won. Everybody needs to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. We got too many churches that are gazing and they're not blazing. We need to quit looking around. We know what our job is. We know who our target is. We've got the Bible. We've got the Word of God. We've got the Gospel. We've got the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's go tell them. He's coming again. Hallelujah. The promise of His return. Say, what is that going to do for me? You don't know what I've been through. Oh, let me tell you a couple things it'll do for you. Number one, and I'm hungry too, wait. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This will be a short one. Say amen. Yeah, you're buying. Amen. (laughs) What will the promise do for us Christians? God leaves us here in this old rough world, difficult world. I mean, isn't it rough? Tell the truth. I mean, it's difficult. But God gave us a promise to help us with this. And there's three things that I read, a couple other things, but we didn't have time. Number one, this is a challenging promise. This is a challenging promise. Listen, the Bible says why he is challenging something why stand you gazing into heaven what are you doing standing around here you're not going to get nothing done here why stand you gazing up into heaven this same jesus is going to come back in like manner you say what will jesus challenge with this promise he will challenge our idleness our idleness there is nothing that a boss or an employee or hates to see more than anything when he comes into his business and his people are standing around. And if you've ever been a manager, if you've ever been a foreman, if you've ever been a business owner, you know what I'm talking about. I had a, I, had a, uh, I worked at a golf course down in Florida before I went to Bible college and, 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 and the guy that run the place, he was, he was funny, he's always, his, his favorite motto, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. I don't have nothing to do. Well, wipe something off. Bless God. Something got dust on it. Amen. You got time to lean. You got time to lean. You know what? We don't have time to lean. We don't have time. We're running out of time. There's people dying every day. There's people that need to hear the gospel. There's Mexicans that need to hear that Jesus will save their soul if they will trust in him. There's people here in Coleman, they need to hear that Jesus loves them. He don't care about their crack addiction. He don't care about what they've been through. He don't care about their past. He loves them anyhow, and he will take them just like they are, and he'll change them to be what they need to be. They need to hear this. We don't need to be standing around idle. God cares about what you're doing or what you're not doing. You, we don't have time. Yes, We're running out of time. Right. He's coming. Right. Let me give you another verse. Boy, I looked this up and this was cool. It says in Mark chapter number 13. Mark chapter number 13, verse 34. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his... Did y'all see that? He gave to every man his work. And, it says this, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. What's he saying? God has given every man his work. God has given every man his detailed destiny. What is that? What What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to say this. It's not enough to do something. It's not enough to do something. I've seen people will just try to do a little bit here. So well, I'm doing something, and it'll ease their conscience. It's not enough for you to do something. You need to be doing the right thing. It says he gave every man his work. I believe this with all my heart. Uh, Brother Muscovick just said it just a while ago. Every man has a destiny every man has a purpose to fulfill. You will be unfruitful. You will be unfulfilled. You will be unsatisfied. You will be unhappy by just doing something. But if you'll ever line up with your purpose, if you'll ever line up with your calling, if you'll ever line up with your destiny, I guarantee you, honey, hell or high water couldn't pull you away from what God wanted you to do. We got so many unhappy Christians, so many unhappy people, because they're just doing something. They're just doing a little bit here or a little bit there to ease their conscience, to fill in their schedule. Not me. I don't want to do something. I want to do the right thing. I don't want to sit by the water cooler. Bless God. I don't want to be just in the game. I want the stinking ball. Say amen. I've never been. Man, if I was playing baseball, I wanted to pitch. If I was playing football, I wanted to be the quarterback. Man, give me the ball. Let me do something. I don't want to stand and watch everybody else. Let me get busy. Give me something to do. Man, we need to have that. I've got a purpose. I've got a calling. I'm t- Can y'all tell I enjoy what I get to do? Now, if you think I'm putting on a show, if you think this is the only time I'm this way, take me coon hunting one time. <laughs> Bless God, I'll preach anywhere, anytime, place in a restaurant, in the woods. It don't matter to me. This is my calling. This is my destiny. This is what God has called me to do. It doesn't matter where I'm at. It's in me, and it's got to come out. I know y'all don't y'all don't, some of y'all y'all Baptists and y'all fundamentalists and, and you know y'all all holy and everything and y'all don't y'all don't like oh, the, the the anointed one Elvis Aaron Presley. <laughs> but I had to tell I I loved Elvis. I'm sorry I can't hear Brother Mickle. Don't hold that against me, but I did. I loved Elvis. Now I'm telling you, ain't nobody can sing there'll be peace in the valley like Mister Elvis Aaron Presley. And I know everybody's got their own beliefs, but he said this. And this, this dawned on me. He said, they asked him about, why do you, why do you uh, get so emotional and excited and move about like you do? when you say, He says, man, when I sing, I feel it. It's in me, and it's got to come out. And I thought about this. How many Christians, they need to see it's in me, and it's got to come out. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And if you got it in you, and I'm just joking about the Elvis stuff. Don't, don't get all mad at me. I, 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 listen, he had issues, amen. And I pray that he was saved. I hope to God he was saved. But the point I'm saying is this. Don't walk around like a knot on the law. If you've got something as great and powerful as the Holy Ghost in your heart, don't walk around like you got something that's contagious. Let's don't be idle. Let's don't be just doing something. Let's find out what it is that God has called us to do. God has gifted every man and put him in the body of Christ to be used to edify the church and to be great. And I guarantee you, when you find out what that is and you line up in it, bless God, you'll be happy as a fat baby in the phone booth with a pocket full of quarters. Say amen. The promise. He's coming back. He's coming back. I better be busy. I don't want him to catch me sleeping. I don't want him to catch me being idle. I want to be bit. You know, there's nothing like when you're wide open and you're going, and I'm talking about when you're really, not putting on a dog, but when you're really working and you see your boss come up and he sees you working hard. Man, that is a satisfying feeling in your heart. Say amen. Listen, this this promise challenges our idleness. It challenges our involvement. It challenges what we're doing. Say, preacher, I don't know if I'm in the right place. Well, find that place. We're going to be preaching next, next, uh, uh, next month, the, uh, the whole month of August. Uh, in the evenings, I'm going to be teaching on the, the spiritual gifts, the gifts that God has given his people to use in the body of Christ. I would encourage every one of you to come. Hey, listen, in the evenings, we're going to be talking about each one of those gifts and how they can be used, how they can be applied. I mean, right here, what we have here is where they can be used in. And then at the end of it, we're going to give a spiritual gifts test that we have that will match your passion, what you're passionate for and what you're gifted with so that you can not just be doing something, but you can do the right thing. It's very important. Listen, number two, not only will this promise challenge us, it will not only challenge us, but it will convict us. It will convict us. The Bible says in 1 John 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. How many are looking forward to that day? Amen. Amen. Now watch this verse here, verse 3. is very important. And every man that hath this hope in him, what's that word? Now, Brother Kendrick, what is that hope? It's that hope of him coming again. In other words, when, when, we see, when we see that he's coming, boy, we're going to purify ourselves. We want to be right with God. One of the most... How many of y'all, how many of y'all grew up before, uh, before time out? See, I, 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 I was raised before time out and riddling and all of that. I never had none of that stuff. And I was never put in the corner unless I ran there before he caught me. I never had none of that. I had a whooping. The only verse my dad memorized in the whole Bible was spare the rods, pull the child. Didn't know anything. That's the only one I thought he knew growing up. That's the only one I think he knew. We got whoopings. I'm talking about, you say, well, I don't believe in that. That's why your child is a brat. That's right. That's why people only come to your house one time. I don't know why they won't come back. It's junior. The Bible says if you don't correct the child, he will embarrass you. He will bring you to shame. I can't stand seeing a six-foot, I'm talking about six-foot-four gorilla. I'm talking about thick, a big old guy being beat up by a little toddler right. going through the mall. Oh, come on, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. Wear him out. Yeah. Yeah. It's biblical. I got, I got verses. Yeah. If it's in the Bible, it's legal. And I, we never had none. And I didn't have none of this. Your daddy's going to whoop you when you get home. No, my mama, he is going to wear you out when you get. Now, I'm thinking, what are you doing then? Now, they're both here. They're not going to tell no lie. Mindy never got, a, she never got a whooping for nothing. But the most feared words that me and my brother ever heard when we were acting semi-foolish. Your daddy's fixing to be home. It didn't matter what we were doing. It didn't matter how deep in it we was. There was something about hearing. Your daddy's fixing to be home. Oh, Father. Father. Would you please send the spirit of amnesia to my mama? <laughs> oh. <laughs> because when daddy got home, ooh. And me and my brother knew it. My dad wasn't one of them threateners. John, I'm, I'm going to, I'm one, two, no. I wonder why my dad, the dad, he didn't count. You, it was either yes or no. And you know what? Me and my brother, we straightened up. Now, I don't know if y'all remember this or y'all recognize the fact, but daddy's coming home. Now, you can hide it from me. You can hide it from your spouse. You can hide it from your family. But you can't hide it from him. Did some of y'all ever think your parents had ESP? How did they know the stuff they knew? God knows. What is he going to convict us of? Two things, I believe. Real quickly, write this down. Two things. In Hebrews chapter number 12, the Bible says, seeing we are compassed by so great a cloud of witnesses, and that you find them in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, let us, lay aside some things. Matter of fact, two specific things. We need to lay aside the sin and the weight that does so easily beset us. See, he gives us the illustration that we're running a race. And by the way, church, this is not a 40-yard dash. This is a marathon. And some of you are so weighed down by things that you're getting so wore out you can't run. Some of us need to just start taking some things off. Those burdens that we carry. There's two things that we need to deal with that that his coming again will convict us of. Two things. The offenses we allow. Some of us are allowing too much in our life. Some of us are allowing too much on the TV. Some of us are allowing too much on the internet. Every man in here that has access to an Internet needs to have an accountability partner, your wife, or somebody other than you that can see everything you're getting on. Well, I tell you, I can handle it. No, you can't. It's gotten a lot better men than you. It got David. It got Samson. Hello. You can't handle it. When you think you can handle it, that's when you can't handle it. We're allowing too much stuff. It's amazing what we we ignore and what we don't think is no big deal now that we have come so far in our society. There was a day when there wouldn't be one cuss word on regular TV. Now they let all of them. And what what has happened is Christianity has gotten used to the dark. We have become just like uh, uh, Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. We have gotten so used to it that even even it takes God to drag you out of that situation. Right. getting used to it, allowing things. man, there's some things we need to deal with. Amen. Amen. Yes. We need to be pure and holy. we need to be righteous because daddy's coming home. Yes. Amen. What if he come what if he'd have come back right in the middle of this week? Where was you? Where would he have caught you? What would he have caught you seeing or listening to? Young people, what do you got on your iPods and and on that stuff that has no business being on there? Music with vulgar language and everything else. You're wanting the power of God and you're wanting God to move in your life and you're wanting to have right friends and you're wanting God to bless you and give you good grades and and give you blessings and everything and then got that garbage on the radio. Would God be pleased with what you're listening to? Because there's going to be a day when he's going to come in mid-stride. Now where's he going to catch you? Where's he going to catch me? we got to be careful with the things that we allow. I don't want God to catch me being stupid. What would he think? And by the way, he knows. You know what? It dawned on me a verse. The Bible says, A sinful and adulterous nation seeketh a sign. How many of y'all know that verse? And I thought about it. What does that mean? An adulterer is one that cheats on their spouse. That's an adulterer. And what God is saying by this, there are so many people seeking a sign. They're wanting to know when's the day. You know why? Because they can live like hell itself all the way and then try to get right right before. When do we normally want to get right or get it right? right before daddy comes home? That don't work that way. You know why? Because he can come any moment. Any time. We are that close. Church, say amen. Amen. Not only the offenses we allow, but B, I want you to see the obstacles we accept. He said not only the sin that besets us or gets us off track or keeps us from fulfilling our destiny, but the weight. The word weight there, if you look that up in your concordance, it means hindrance, stumbling block, detour. Do you realize... It doesn't necessarily have to be a sin to sidetrack you. Do you realize golf is not a sin, but it could be a weight. It could be a hindrance. Now, I'm going to just use mine, all right? I'm not going to tell on y'all, you know. Hunting is not a sin. (laughs) That was my dad, brother Steve. That was my dad. But it could be a weight. It could be a hindrance. So well, what causes it to be a weight? If it's keeping you from doing what God wants you to do. If it's keeping you from being obedient to his command. If it's keeping you from fulfilling your destiny. It may not be a sin. But it could be a weight. There's been times in my life God God convicted me about some of the weights that I was accepting some of the things that that I allowed in my life that was getting more of my attention than what needed to be and what God had for me to be listen, ladies and gentlemen it's, it's not just here in the church some of you need to set some weights aside to save your marriage that's true don't have time for that but you need to listen well, i tell you, she just needs to understand. No, you need to get real. We do everything in the world to get them. We'll woo. We'll be smooth. And we'll buy everything to impress them. And then men have this gene that, that we have a conquering wiring system. So then when that Ring goes on that finger, and we say, I do. There's a chemical imbalance that takes place. Where it's not about that anymore, now they need to please me. They need to, now, nah, I, I, look, take the halos down. I have never believed it anyhow. So you ain't fooling nobody in here. I know there's people in here looks like Ken and Barbie, but they all go home. They all go home. We all have issues. We all have problems. I'll tell you what my praise is. I know what happens in the group stays in the group. But I I told them, I said, I want to thank God. Me and Tammy are getting along this week. Hallelujah. I can say that because Tammy's in Florida. Amen. Wait a minute. That didn't, that's why we're getting along. This was before she left, people. All right. There's some things we need to deal with. We need to. That's not worth it. If I'm not fulfilling God's command in my life, it's not worth having it. I don't care what kind of hobby it is. Are y'all with me? Amen. See, that one don't never go over good. You know why? Because there's so many people guilty of it. Because we don't think it's a problem because it's not a sin. But it is when it becomes a weight. Church, say amen. Last of all, let's be nice and go home. Amen? What was number one? We see this promise. What will it do for us? Number one, it it will challenge us. Number two, it will convict us. But then watch this. Number three, it will comfort us. It will comfort us. I love this one. I love this one. The disciples, the disciples were... They had left everything to follow Jesus. And I'm almost done. Don't nobody shut shut your mind off. Stay with me. They, they, They had left everything to follow this man, Jesus. Left their careers, dropped everything because they believed in him. He fed them when they were hungry. He calmed them when they were disturbed and discouraged. When they were fearful in the boat, he calmed the storm and the waves. He met the needs that they had. He comforted them. And then all of a sudden in John chapter number 13, he says, I'm gonna have to die and I'm gonna leave. I'm 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 gonna have to go. And and boy, this bothered them. Oh, you're gonna what do you mean you're gonna leave? We, we, We left everything to follow you. Jesus knew their heart. He said in John 14, hey, 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 hey! Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to a prayer place for you, and if I go to a prayer place for you, I will come again. I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. I love that verse. There's days that my heart is troubled. There are times when I'm in counseling with people and their heart is broken and my heart's broken because their heart's broken. They're squalling, I'm squalling. And all I can think about is let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. One day we're going to a better place. Hallelujah. Listen, it'll comfort our heart with the sufferings, the sufferings we share. We're going to a place where there is no cardiac arrest. We're going to a place where there's no intensive care unit. We're going to a place where there is no funeral homes. We're going to a place where there is no tax collector. Somebody say amen. Amen. We won't need a universal health care system because we'll all have a perfect body. We'll be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to a place where there's no tears, no sorrow, no death over there. We're going to a place where the Bible says the Lord himself, he will wipe away every tear from their eye. Neither will be there no death, no sorrow, no suffering over there. Hallelujah. You tell Granny. Granny's arthritic, broke down in the nursing home. Can't even hardly see. Got cataracts on her eyes and the old bones and body's all frail. You can show her the keys to a Mercedes Benz and it won't do nothing for Granny. You can show her the title to the mansion on the hill. It won't do nothing for Granny. You can tell Granny, I've I've got a million dollars I'm going to put in your bank account. That ain't going to do nothing for Granny. You say, Granny, he's almost here. He's almost here. Granny, we're about to go home. And son, Granny will lift that old authoritic hand up saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go home. And she ain't talking about her address down here. She's talking about her address on Hallelujah Boulevard. She's ready to go home. I love this song, and I sung it when I was a little kid. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Say amen. Listen, when your brother gets down, say, hey, keep it up. It's not going to be long. Keep it up. We're going to, listen, we're almost home. Don't quit now. Don't slow down. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Comfort one another. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called together, be with them in the clouds. I believe that is a great picture of the rapture of the church. I believe in the premillennial rapture of the church. I'm a premillennialist, amen. Amen. I believe you compare that to Revelation chapter, uh, listen, 5, or excuse me, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I heard a voice behind me as a trumpet talking with me saying, come up hither and I'll show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately, he said, there was a door opened in heaven and I was in the, I believe you compare those verses, I believe in the rapture, I believe one day the trumpet's going to sound. I believe we're going to leave this world. Hallelujah. It's not going to be long. They're making fun of you down here, but That's okay. That's okay. Hey, listen, they're they, they denying it and they're criticizing it. They said, Where is the promise of his coming? He said, Be not ignorant of this one thing, my brethren. He said, Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He said, one day is is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. What are you saying? I don't care what they say. I don't care what the skeptics say. I don't care what the critics say. He's coming again. He's coming again. I don't care how much they deny it. He's coming again. Scientists can't stop it. Atheists can't stop it. The agnostic can't stop it. I'm telling you, he's coming again. He's coming again. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to step on a cloud and be with him in the air? Give the Lord praise and glory if you're glad he's coming again. Hallelujah. Listen, it comforts me because of the sufferings I share, but not only that, the separation I see. I hate funerals. I hate them. None of y'all are allowed to die. None of y'all. I hate them. I don't like going to them. I don't like seeing see people crying. I, that tears me up. I'm telling you. I don't know why God made me do this or called me to do this, because I'm telling you, I just get down and squall with them. I can't. I, I just, I just, I, I'm not good at that kind of thing. Man, I'll just hug your neck, and we'll just both sling and snot and slobber. I, I, we'll just cry together. You know, we are seeing them go. We're seeing them go. You know, I, I, God, in our older years, in our older years, God will let us get to the point that we don't want to be here no more. Because we'll have more people over there than there's over here. God don't want us to get too comfortable with this nest. Because we're going to fly away. Yeah. That old mama eagle, she'll take that, that fur and that soft down and all that that's in the bottom of that nest. When it comes time for them eagles to fly, when it comes time for them eagles to get out there and spread their wings and fly, she'll get down there and she'll, she'll take that fur and all that stuff out so those sticks will start poking up through that nest. You know why? He's, she's trying to get them uncomfortable with the nest. Because as long as they're comfortable in the nest, they don't want to fly. But see, mama knows they got a destiny. Mama knows they were not made or created to sit in that nest. They were made and created to soar like an eagle they were created, to fly through the air. And sometimes Mama Eagle has to take some stuff away to make them uncomfortable with the nest. Preacher, what in God's name does that have to do with me? God is making us very uncomfortable with this present world. God is making it difficult on this world. I'm telling you, they are coming against Christians right and left. I don't care what you say about this administration. They are anti-God. They are anti-church. They are anti-Christian. But that's okay. That's okay. That tells me that the Mama Eagle is taking the fur out the nest. God has not abandoned you. God has not forgotten you. He wants you uncomfortable down here because one day we're going to fly away. Amen. Does this thing bother you? What about this administration? What about what's going on? Hey, man, lift up your head, child. Your redemption draweth nigh. This just tells me we're that much closer to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Say Amen. God's good. Take this promise out with you. They some folks that didn't get to hear it this morning. You go tell them. How many of y'all got help this morning? God said, my cup runneth over. God let your cup run over this morning so you can take some in your saucer to somebody at work. You need to go tell them what you heard. You need to go tell them, hey, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom, trumpets will sound. All the dead in Christ shall rise, righteous to meet in the skies. Going where no one dies, heavenward bound. <laughs> I wish I could sing, I'd belt it out right there, amen. Yeah, I'm not going to, Brother Barry, I'm not going to. Listen, you may be here this morning, you say, I don't know Jesus. Oh, I'd like to tell you about him. There is a Savior. As our, as our altar workers are coming, I want you to understand. I want you to understand Jesus loves you more than you'll ever know. Yes, he does. He'll take you just like you are. say, Preacher, i got to quit this or quit that or start this. No, 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 no. Don't don't worry about stopping and starting, and let's be sensitive. Right now, right now, this is, the, this is the offering time. I mean, excuse me, this is the invitation. Let's all look this way. They've got jobs they're doing in the back, they, but this is, this is the most important time of the service right here. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, if God is speaking to your heart right now, if God is speaking to your heart right now about trusting Him, I want to pray for you. Say, preacher, I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now that I'd go to heaven. Boy, I'd sure like to pray for you this morning. Maybe God is dealing with your heart this morning. Say, preacher, I'm not sure that I'm saved. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up right where you are. You can slip it up and put it right